Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of The Winning Agenda. We have, returning to us after only a few weeks of being away, I guess uh, he, he didn't get enough his first time and he's come back for more, Michael Boggs. Welcome back, Michael. Hey, thanks so much. It's, it's good to be back so soon. Yeah, and uh, also joining me tonight is the lovable Hollis Echo. How are you, Hollis? I'm doing well. I'm happy that you think I'm lovable. Um, I love you too, Jesse. Oh, you're extremely uh, I, I, lovable. I totally agree. So lovable. <laughs> so, so lovable. Um, so tonight we have a really, really special show. Uh, we had a very great honor of doing the first announcement about the first MWL with Damon shortly after it was released. And this time we've got, we've done one better. We've got Michael on to talk about the new MWL and we're going to be releasing this episode to you on the day that the MWL is announced. Uh, so thank you, Michael, for agreeing to come and do this very special episode with us. And we might dive straight in, I think, because I'm sure our listeners are, are ready to go. Yeah, sure. That, that, that's great. Awesome. Uh, so Michael... You've changed the structure of the whole MWL first. And before we get on to the cards that are actually on the list, could you talk us through why you've made the change from subtraction to addition and what it's going to mean for people who are using the MWL to deck build? Sure. Um, as we were putting together, so my playtesters and I worked together to make this uh, new MWL. And as we were putting it together, we realized that it was just a simpler system to have um, pips of what are essentially universal influence being added to the card instead of a subtraction of an influence limit from whatever I identity you're playing. So um, it really just simplified things, and um, you know, overall, I think it um, I think it just helped streamline the whole process. So it, it ended up becoming a necessary tweak for some other things that we were doing on the list. Um, and it was just sort of, you know, for simplicity. And this will mean that people won't be able to play mono orange, if you like, and just play all of the Anarch cards that are on the list, uh, because under the previous list, they could have done that because the minimum that their influence would have been reduced to is one. So was that something that was a big part of your decision to make this change as well? Yeah, that was actually a huge part of the decision. Um, with, uh, with the new list there, uh, a player could very easily go mono faction um and in anarch specifically that could be a huge problem so um switching how the influence worked was necessary because it creates a situation where if you're going to include cards on the most wanted list in your deck you're going to have to pay for them just like you would pay for any out of faction card um and you've got your influence limit of 15 or 12 or 17 or whatever it is. And once you hit that, you can't go over it. So, um, yeah, it kind of curbs the power of those mono faction builds. And, and um, it was very much a, a big factor in that deciding process. I love it, by cool. the way. What's up? No, I was gonna say I, I I love that you made that change, mostly mostly because I feel like uh, especially in the in Anarch faction, right? They had a lot of recursion tools already, things like uh, um, like Deja Vu and things like Trope, where basically where they were influencing in cards like Levy, uh, uh, AR Lab Access to be able to get the kind of recursion, get their whole deck back, even if you were to reduce the influence down to one, you know, as the as the maximum uh, reducer. The fact remains is there were still answers in faction that would kind of fix it. So. You, you know, sure. eventually you hit a wall where it's like, how do I, re how do I limit the, the cards they get to include? 
that pretty much seems like the right solution, making it so that you still have a, a uh, you know, an influence restriction, even if you go monofaction. I love it personally. Well, that's, that, that's great. I'm hoping people, uh, enjoy it. Um, it actually came about from some of my play testers. It was a problem that I didn't even recognize at first when I put the very first iteration of the list together. But after talking with people, they were like, no, we absolutely need to change it. So, um, after discussing with them, I, I realized it was very integral to the, uh, to the whole new system. So, um, yeah, hopefully it goes over well. Hopefully other people like it. Awesome. And so just to clarify for our listeners um, who don't have the benefit of having it written down in front of them, perhaps if they haven't seen the official announcement yet, um, what exactly does universal influence mean compared to infaction influence? So if I, if I take a card like um, a clone chip that's three influence normally, and then it's got this additional penalty influence, how much do different runner factions pay for a clone chip? Um, so, oh, sure, go ahead. When you when you say three influence, you're you're saying like two for the uh, for shaper than the current one, correct? Oh yeah, sorry, my my mistake. Clone chip's not three influence; it's two. I'm I'm so used to intuiting MWL already in my head. So <laughs> no, I feel you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's go with a simple one. Let's go with um, Yog. Okay, so one so, influence, and then yeah. and then the penalty. So uh, with Yog, if you were to include Yog into Anarch, while it's in the MWL, uh, it would cost you one influence pip because it has one additional pip of universal influence added to it. Universal influence, honestly, in a lot of ways, you can think of it like neutral influence, whereas if a card, if a neutral card has influence on it, every single faction has to pay for that. Um, the reason it's not called universal influence is because in the future, if I want to do some other things with neutral influence, I don't want there to be any sort of weird overlap there. So sort of created a new name. Um, but it's very similar to that. So if you're Anarch and you include Yogg, you're going to pay that one pip of universal influence. But you don't have to worry about Yogg's actual normal Anarch faction pip. However, if you wanted to put it in a Kate deck, uh, you're going to have to pay two pips of influence because it has the, the one Anarch faction influence and then it has the one universal influence. Um, right. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my main concern is that some people might get confused and think that for whatever reason, Yogg's um, in, entire influence is converted to universal influence. Um, mm. And those two things are separate. And as long as as long as you remember they're separate, I I, I think it's a pretty simple system. Um, so yeah, you just have to when it's out of faction, it's going to cost a little bit more. That's the sort of the, the rule of thumb. Cool, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, now moving on to the actual cards on the list, or actually before we do that, you've made one other really significant change to the structure of the MWL, and that is to separate it into tiers. Could you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, so <laughs> there um, have, were a few cards. When I was putting together this new list, I realized that a couple of the cards, even with an additional pip of influence added to them, it wasn't going to do much to curb their power level. Um, so my immediate reaction was to create a restricted list, which I've actually seen a lot around the community. I've seen a lot of people talk about it. I've seen ban lists. I considered that. Um, 
decided that I'd, I'd try for a restricted list. But after talking with my, my teammates and my coworkers, um, it was decided that it was better to go with a less, with a list that was kind of, um, similar in, in nature to the MWL. Instead of having two completely different lists, have one list with sort of a, a split section. Um, and I really attached to that immediately because that, you know, allows me to sort of tweak cards where they need to be tweaked. Not every single card is going to be affected equally on, mm. you know, tier one of the MWL. Um, some cards are way stronger than that. So, um, as it's, as we kept working on it, uh, we realized that having a tiered system, having those layers was, was almost a necessity, um, in my view, uh, so that we could, you know, sort of, uh, focus on the cards that were more powerful than the other cards. The reason that the, the so the, right now the, the tiered system is tier one and tier three, um, whatever level the tier is, that's how many pips of influence it adds to whatever cards are on that list. So tier one adds one mm. additional pip, tier three adds three additional pips. Um, there's no tier two currently because I wanted to make the list as simple as possible. I talked about this a lot with some of my testers. Um, a lot of people wanted to see a tier two, and in the future that may happen. I haven't completely decided yet, but I wanted to just break it down into just two separate parts. I was afraid if I did a tier one and a tier two, a couple cards on two t a tier two would still be a little too strong. So mm. I went with the tier one and tier three. Um, but you know, down the road, other tiers could open up. Yeah, I, I love this change. It gives you so much more control. It gives you granularity. It gives you the the ability to really make the change to the tournament metagame that you want. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I think that's fantastic. Hollis, do you have any thoughts on that change? Well, actually, I, I was uh, I was actually uh, you know just recently thinking about when uh, the first most wanted list came out, and you know when when the first most wanted list came out, uh, I want to say what was it January of this year. And I remember I was of last uh, year, yeah, <laughs> of, yeah, of, yeah. And I was I was sitting sitting with friends and we were, we were talking about it, and like the the number one question that came up after we uh, you know we looked at it is we said, okay, but what if a card is basically it, it doesn't have enough of a correction? Like I think sure. the card we were looking at, at the time was Faust. We said, you know, what if uh, you know Faust doesn't get you know one influence is not enough. It's still going to be a, a maybe it was Astro, or maybe that too, yeah. <laughs> it was it was like you know what happens if like that's not enough of a correction like unfortunately one influence for is isn't going to necessarily work with every single card in the game because yeah. you have to consider all the cards that work in tandem with it if every card that works in tandem with that card with one specific card isn't on the most wanted list that means that you're not really losing a whole bunch you maybe lose like one copy of a card that may not be as impactful but in in by having the tier system it means that you can kind of play with that and I, I think it's way better, obviously. Like, uh, I know we're, we're, you know, we're not into specific cards yet, but I think... Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to have to cut you off there, Hollis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're going to move... We might move, actually, into Tier 3 first. I know I, know I said yeah. pre-show that we might start with Tier 1, but given that Tier 3 is entirely new and all the cards on there are newly worth plus 3 influence, I think we'll, we'll start off there. So, Michael, we'll start from the top, and the first card is a card that was already on the MWL, and you sort of feel like maybe it needed a little bit more, and that's Faust. So talk us through why that's on Tier 3. 
Yeah, Faust. Faust was a debated one. Um, I, I I talked a lot with with my uh, testers. I honestly, it was sort of um, I don't want to say vote, but I kind of I had them make lists, and I also looked around the community. I, I saw um, what people were talking about. There were a few articles that I read, and I tried to just sort of gauge what cards people felt were really broken, were just taking away from the game um, in a truly negative way. Uh, and, and Faust was just one that popped up a lot. And it's always been a card that... I like Faust. I think Faust is fun to play with, and I think Faust can be fun to play against. But it is a highly efficient card. Uh, it does mm-hmm. its job really, really well. Um, and it's it's one of those cards that... Having having it on tier three, I think um, it's it definitely going to keep in a line. I, a couple of my testers were worried that tier three might be too much for it, and if it proves to be too much, maybe there's potential to move it down to tier two. No promises there, but it's something I would think about. Um, but personally, I think tier three it's going to do well, even at tier three. It's it's a really good breaker. Having even one of those in your deck. Is still going to get you through a lot of ice that you need to get through. Um, yeah. It just it was just due to the efficiency of the card that I, I felt it needed bumped up. And I think we saw enough Fausts at Worlds, despite the fact that it was on the MWL, that it's yeah. probably deserving. It's of still another, it's still very bumper. very popular, which is okay. It's okay for cards to be popular, but it's such a such a potent card that I don't um, I don't think tier three is going to hurt it all that much. Awesome. Yeah, I think we on this show have probably set our pace on Faust a number of times. And, and like you say, it's not that it's not that you hate the card. Like, it's fun to play with. And like you say, it can be really fun to play against. But sometimes it's good to have a bit of a change and give sure. some other cards a t- some time in the sun. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense, Hollis? All good? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a good portion of the meta very much... Um, this is sort of out of left field, but I feel like in Netrunner, I feel like it's fine to take a card and, like, put extra pips of quote-unquote you know universal influence on it just to see the meta shift for a while and then if that card gets reevaluated and it's lower or higher whatever like that's fine but i feel like even just mixing the meta up is a positive thing a lot of the time and of course i'll, I'll talk about that more i guess at the end maybe i don't know yeah sure, sure. Yeah. um so michael the next card is really quite a new card but one which from the moment people saw Spoiled, they realized was probably going to be a bit of a problem, and that's Cypher. Um, I know from my experience, I was even just having a few games with a good friend of the show, Sammy Woodland, yesterday, and both of us had Cypher in our runner decks, and both of us, when we were playing Corp, were sort of like, yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> um, so talk us through Cypher and why you think it's this much over the curve that it deserves to be on Tier 3. Yeah, that was that was actually the card that I had the most difficult time putting on the list at all, um, especially on tier three. I know it's a broken card, but there's there's the six month rule, and I'm putting that in quotes because it's not a hard rule. But you know, I was I was kind of bouncing forth. Should I break that? Should I not break it? Um, I ultimately decided that it was for the better. Talking to my testers, talking to other people, like um, I think it's uh, I I still. I still believe that cards coming out down the line are going to make it not as um, powerful as it is right now, but currently it's just it's just a very, very strong card. Um, so I actually even thought about doing an errata to, 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 to Cipher, but 
Um, I don't know. I, I think after playtesting it at Tier 3, it seems to be at a much better level. You really have to sacrifice some key components uh, if you're trying to make it work, which is fine. I mean, it's a strong card, and if you want to have that strong card in your deck, I don't want to entirely take it away. But at the same time, like you should kind of have to work to make your, your combos operate correctly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a newer card, and I sort of feel bad for putting it on so soon, but I think right now it's just it's a necessity to have it on. I'm not sure there'd be many people out in the community who'd feel particularly bad seeing it on there at that level. Uh, what are your thoughts, Hollis? Yeah, I, I think it absolutely, absolutely deserves to be on there, especially when we looked at, what was it, Maw? <laughs> like, yeah. Maw yeah. is, I feel like, appropriately costed for the effect that it has. Cypher is severely under-costed, or I guess under, like, it, it, it's it's so cheap for that, that actual effect. Like, it's effectively, you're not paying anything to get that, that powerful of an, of an effect. So... Mm-hmm. To me, Cypher should be the kind of card that should be, you know, the three influence or, uh, sorry, an additional possible three influence. I don't think you're going to hear anyone really complain that this card is where it is. By the way, Boggs, thanks for that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what (laughs) I've seen around the community. Pretty much everything I've read, everyone has said that. And I've played a few games against it, too, and sometimes it's just like, this is not that exciting. Because everything I put down is just gone the next turn. Um... So yeah, I'm, I, I know I broke the rule. Uh, hopefully this is the only time I'll really have to do that for, for a long time or, or at all, but, Boggs? um, yes. We don't care if you have to break a rule <laughs> for the sake of the game that makes, that, well, that probably makes it better. If you, if, just telling you, if you as the designer decide that, okay, maybe we need to fix something, please do it. Do not, do not feel bad for doing that ever. Thanks. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, the next card <laughs> on the list is Blackmail. Um, now, this is one that has crept up straight from tier zero to tier three. <laughs> really jumped and, up and, there, yeah. <laughs> and was that? Um, we, I guess we can discuss these two cards together. It's Blackmail and DDoS. Um, both of them can be somewhat oppressive from the corpse side of the table. Uh, both of them allow the runner to circumvent sort of some of the main mechanics of Netrunner in a really hyper-efficient way. Is yeah. that the reason that they're on the list? And, and talk us through exactly why you think that placing both of those cards on Tier 3 was necessary. They're just, they're extremely uninteractive cards. Blackmail is a card that uh, ever since the MWL came out, I, as a player, wanted to see it on there. Um, so maybe this is sort of my revenge against blackmail. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, pretty much everyone I, I, I talked to agreed. It's just, it's one of those cards. If they play blackmail on you, nothing you can do against them. You just have to sit there and let them run your servers, steal your agendas. Um, it becomes almost this solitaire esque type of thing. If you can't get rid of that bad pub, then you're just out of luck. Uh, DDoS is, I, I, in my opinion, DDoS is a little less of that, but I think it's still very much on that level. I, I, sometimes I, I play like an account siphon spam deck and man, those first few turns, like the corp has zero money and you have 30 credits, like pretty much from, from turn two. So, um, I think, you know, I, I like, I do like using the cards, but they're just so uninteractive that I think they need an adjustment. Can I? Oh, so so uh, Boggs, I want to ask you then. Um, 
blackmail makes a lot of sense to me at tier three. Um, I felt like DDoS only had a very specific niche, uh, which was, uh, diaper Kate. Was that sort of the, 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 the force behind putting DDoS on that list? Or was there another archetype you had looked at that decided to put it there? Yes and no. I mean, the diaper decks, um, <laughs> diaper decks are very interesting. <laughs> um, and, uh, that, you know, that was, that was kind of part of it. But I think just DDoS by itself, like the, the fact that they can't res their ice for the whole turn, it's just, it, it takes away so much of that back and forth that Netrunner is supposed to have. And, you know, to me, any, any card like that where you do something and there's absolutely nothing I can do against it and it's impacting me negatively, I think those cards should be on the MWL. Um, a lot of people argue for DDoS to go on tier two. Um, cause a lot of my testers wanted to see tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, you know, maybe down the line that's a possibility, but I think for right now, I think, I, I think it's a card that'll still do well at tier three. Um, we'll see how it plays out. If it's, you know, wildly inefficient at tier three, maybe it could move down. But, um, yeah, for, for, for right now, I think it's probably, it's okay to have it there just because it's so uninteractive. Yeah, I really like that reasoning, Michael, and I like the fact that you're tackling that sort of uninteractive element and and also getting back to something that you actually mentioned when you're talking about Faust, which was that you read some articles people had written, you listened to community members, you had a look at forums and heard what people were talking about in regards to the game and really, um, you know, the, the idea of negative play experiences has been something that people have been talking about since the Mumbad cycle uh, lockdown decks sort of uh, came into existence. And people have really done a lot of work, I think, analyzing what exactly they mean, that there is a difference between a card being really powerful and a card being really unfun to play against. And sure. I like the fact that you've chosen this group of cards on tier three that really fall into that latter category of me being more unfun to play against than just powerful. Yeah, DDoS was actually, it was one that I saw around quite a bit. That I, The articles that I read um, called that out. A lot of my playtesters talked about it. So I think like even if it's only used in maybe one or two decks, it's one of those cards that when you see it hit the board, you just roll your eyes at it. It's like, okay... It, an entire turn of me not being able to do anything against you so um hmm. yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm hoping other people feel the same way that, that they kind of enjoy that i'm sort of trying to move away from that uninteractive nature because i just don't think that's good for the game awesome uh, the next card it sort of falls into that category as well it's less uninteractive than DDoS in the sense that the corpse still gets to res their ice, but a lot of the things behind their ice suddenly become useless, and that is Rumor Mill. <laughs> uh, a lot of people in the last couple of months, I think, that it's really become a lot more a target of people's hatred, um, purely, I think, because it's such a blunt instrument. And people do describe yeah. it that way, that you know it deals with the Caprice-Ash dominance that we saw in the Food Codes era in a really blunt way that also takes out a swathe of other cards. Um is that is that the reason that it's on there, or or was there something else as well? Yeah, no, that's that's entirely it. It's very much um, it's it's a hammer to the problem. Like it, it 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 works and it works really really well. But there are other cards that can do similar things. There's a councilman. There's a political operative. I, I you know I think having I think having a rumor mill on tier three is going to create a situation where you know you can still play down rumor mill if you're having caprice problems, but 
you also have to sort of work around her other ways. And and I don't want Caprice to come back in full force and, you know, just be able to lock a server by herself um, or even have Ash there to help her. I don't want that to be, you know, a, a play style that's incredibly dominant again. Uh, there should be counters to that. There should be ways to get around it, but there are ways to get around it. Um Outside of rumor mill, I think I think that can be you know part of your arsenal, but it shouldn't be your only tool to fight against that. So um, yeah, that's 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 exactly why it went on tier three. Awesome, Hollis. Any thoughts on rumor mill before uh, I move on? Yeah, sorry, uh, Boggs. You might be single handedly saving that runner. Here's the deal. So uh, <laughs> no, no rumor mill. Actually, um, at Worlds last year, um, I had a conversation. I overheard and kind of. Jumped into a conversation where we were talking about a, uh, a game that was going on where, pe- where people were uh, playing side games. Wait, and you jumped into a conversation, Hollis? That's never happened before. I know, yeah, it never <laughs> happens. Uh, and and the concern was like you know like uh, people you know we went from a meta that was you know hey side games are really overpowered. We don't have an answer. And like you said, Boggs, we got political operative, and we got councilman. Where those were sort of those were those were kind of some answers that we could include in our deck with I think a fairly small amount of influence. That would allow us to kind of handle those situations. We could, we could do our best to to skirt around it, and then we get rumor mill, which, like you say, is the blunt instrument, you know, to that to that problem. And it was at Worlds we realized side games, like when a game comes down to a few side games or a couple of side games, it's actually good. It's fun because. Sure, yeah. Cause you, you can, like, when, when you and the runner are betting, you know, zero, one, or two, sure, the, the corp is advantaged, but, you know, seeing both players bet one, it's, it's incredibly exciting. Because oh, yeah. there's that, there's that, that, there is that hidden element that's very, very fun. It's, it's like a gambling game. Um, and that, that does add some excitement to Netrunner. I, I love that. Um, and in general, I just felt like Walker Pizza was really very strong. It sucks that, it was basically immediately invalidated, and it killed like all glacier archetypes. So mm-hmm. having this card with three influence means that we might see a resurgence of glacier decks coming back, which I know for a lot of people was a really big issue with the, you know the current presence of the game. Is that you, you felt like you couldn't play glacier decks because you couldn't have Caprice as a as a as a solid way to defend servers. So um, this is this is wonderful. Like I really think this is gonna bring glacier back in the fold and make the meta very interesting. Well, that's that's awesome. That's really what I'm hoping. I I love glacier decks, and you, I mean, glacier's fun, but you do need that protection. You need that upgrade yeah. protection. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll start to see them again relatively soon. Cool. And, and the last card on tier three is another card that's coming straight onto the MWL for the first time, and that is Sensi Actors Union. Um, is that right? It was it on the last MWL. It wasn't, was it? Nope. No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so Sensi, it's funny because bioethics got a lot of attention first in terms of the, the political assets because it was part of that prison deck, the IG deck that everyone came to hate. Whereas Sensi kind of snuck under the radar a little while. People For a little while, people knew it was powerful. But then when CTM came around, people suddenly realized that if you let them have a Sensi for multiple turns they pretty much win the game oh, yeah. um uh, wilfie on our podcast to um shout out wilfie who unfortunately couldn't be here today but uh he's here in spirit and he has spoken quite a few times about sensi just being so much better than any other asset that costs zero uh, because 
you it, it, because of that that if the runner doesn't trash it then the corp is so far ahead and if the fact that things like ctm exist that when the runner does trash it it can put the corp so far ahead anyway um for such a little cost you know just for installing one card and paying zero to res it why what is it that you particularly felt pushed sensi over the edge to being worth three straight away yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly that. Sensi is very much, especially in CTM, it's very much a lose-lose situation for the runner. If they don't trash it, they lose. If they do trash it, then they lose. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what they do. It's just a terrible situation to be in, especially for Shaper, um, who they, mm. they have trouble getting rid of those things right out of the gate. So, um, yeah, Sensi, again, it's, it's, it's really just highly efficient. Um, it, Let's the corp get the exact cards they need at the exact time they need, which is fine to a certain extent. But for zero cost, for such a small cost, it's it's um, it's definitely worth having in your deck. Um, and I, I think people are going to still include it in their deck, but now they're going to have to sacrifice other things for it. You're losing. You you might have efficiency in card draw and you know putting things that you don't want on the bottom of your deck, but you have to sacrifice somewhere else. Um, yeah, this is this is one of those cards that was debated about for a while too. Uh, some people were like, "Oh, put it on tier one." A lot of people were like, "Oh, put it on tier three. I I didn't feel like tier one was enough for it. I feel like a tier one, pretty much every deck that had it in their deck before is going to keep it there with very minimal sacrifice. Um, so tier three it is, and uh, we'll we'll see how that works out. I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's going to work well, but um, and there's yeah. And I felt like, I mean, if it, it, I think since the Actors Union very much like felt like it was a, it was almost, it was a very quick power creep from a card like, uh, oh goodness, what is that card? Daily, daily Business Show. Show. Yeah, Daily Business. Like it's, it's so incredibly close to what Daily Business Show is doing, but it's way better, especially when you oh, combine yeah. it with CTM. And I feel like Daily Business Show could still be good because paying four to trash a card and then having the trace is still significant. Um, but, that trace by the you know alone in CCM was so it was so good as far as giving the runner a tag that a zero two got super boosted, so it just felt like you know why play daily business show ever when you can just play a card like this draw three cards put the agenda on the bottom of your deck and just play three assets on your turn call it a day, like it just yeah. seems so powerful. Yeah, it's it's a very very strong card, very very strong. Yeah, I don't think I've seen I think since Sensi has come out I've I've seen daily business show once to my memory like yeah almost nobody i know runs it anymore because there's almost no reason to run it anymore right. um and i don't want that to be a case i don't want one card to be entirely invalidated because especially in such a small time frame i can understand some cards are older and their design didn't quite work out the way they were supposed to newer cards come out and sort of replace that i think that's fine as long as there's a, a big enough gap but those two cards are not that far apart so um, yeah, I think, I think since he, I think it'll be fine at tier three and, uh, I think it's, I think it's very much deserving of tier three. That brings us to the end of tier three. Uh, so thanks Michael for running us through those. Now we've got the, the monster that is tier one. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, what we'll do, I think is start with the cards that have been removed, uh, from the existing tier one, and then we'll move to the cards that have been added and then just talk about the rest that are remaining. Um, so the three cards that have been removed from Tier 1 are Eli 1.0, Prepaid Voice Pad, and Desperado. So we'll start with Eli. Why is Eli suddenly okay again? Uh, Eli, so when we were putting together the list, um, it's I, I had 
discussions with my my playtesters. I wanted to keep the excuse me, I'm sorry. I wanted to keep the list at twenty cards, which sounds like an arbitrary number, uh, but putting this list together is a really big change. The fact that influence is switching to be like that universal influence system. The fact that we have tiers. The fact that I was planning to take a few cards off, and the fact that I'm adding a bunch of uh, new cards, especially a brand new card, uh, Cipher, like all that stuff is a lot all at once. Um, and I basically, you know, I was in the situation where I needed to convince other people around the office that this was best for the game. If I can do that, it's going to happen. Um, but if, you know, I have, if I come in with this, this list of like 30 cards, and I'm like, we have to do 97 things at once. Um, then it might not happen because it's it's just too much at once. You got it's it's baby steps to a certain extent. You got to if you're moving in the right direction, that's great. But um, don't just rush there. Make sure that you're you're taking the 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 proper measures that need to be taken. So um, I said I set a limit at 20 cards. I said I did not want the list to be any bigger than that. As we were debating things, as we were putting cards on the list and we were taking cards off the list. Eli came up as one that it's it's a strong card. It's a really good card. I expect to see it around uh, quite a bit. But I think, you know, comparable to some other ice that has come out, uh, ice is sort of being pushed in its power level uh, compared to what it used to be. And I think Eli is going to sit in a fine spot now. I don't think it's going to be... You know, Eli, Eli was one of those cards that was prevalent, but it was never breaking the game. I mean, it's a strong piece of ice. Um, it's annoying if you're seeing it in every single deck, but it's nothing that, like, people are gonna, you know, start a protest over. It's, it's, it's a good piece of ice, but, um, you know, especially with something like Paperclip now. Paperclip can just mm-hmm. breeze through it. So, yeah. um, I think, I think Eli off the list is gonna do fine, especially with some things that are coming down the line. I think it'll be a, almost a normal power level of ice from here on out. Good to hear. Uh, That certainly satisfies me. I think Eli's a fine card, and I always felt like it was one that was on the bottom end of the existing MWL. Uh, And just for the record, to avoid me saying it over and over again, I think all three of these cards are in that boat and could are definitely the right choices to come off. Uh, They're not going to be breaking the metagame. Desperado, we spoke about the first time around with Damon and and afterwards and just sort of said well Krim doesn't really have that many other console options and people are just in Krim going to keep playing this anyway so you're just sort of penalizing Krim influence by having it on the on the list um and at three influence is not really heavily played outside Krim so I think that's the right call Eli as well I think it probably unfairly penalized HB a little bit and we have seen a drop off in how playable HB is just because you losing the extra three for Eli and Architect was a pretty big deal when yeah. those are sort of two of the best ice in the faction. So really happy to see that come off. Hollis, any thoughts? No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, prepaid is the next one. Um, so talk us, Michael, through uh, what's changed since the halcyon days of prepaid Kate and, and why this is now coming off the list. I think uh, I think Kate could use a boost, <laughs> first of all, and I'm hoping this, this does that to a certain extent. But... Um... I, uh, I, yeah, prepaid, I mean, just compared to, really, to Mujin, um, that, that is an economic package in and of itself. Compared to that, it, prepaid doesn't even measure up. Uh, it's, it's a good card to have in your deck, and I think a while back it was, it was a card that you see around a lot, but, 
Um, I think it coming off is, again, it's it's not one of those cards that is going to come down and people are going to rant and rave over it. It, it might give no. you a nice economic boost, but it's not breaking anything. So, um, yeah, it was just a very, very similar to Eli. It was, it's, it's a solid card, um, but with the way uh, runner economies work now, I don't, I don't think it's, yeah, I, I would argue that it's maybe not even the best economic option anymore. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Hollis, any thoughts on prepaid? No, again, totally agree. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, breezing through these, the, the last one is Desperado. And I think I've already shed a little bit of light on my thoughts on this one. What was the, the big reason for you, Michael, that Desperado came off? This one, I, I debated a little more uh, whether I, I should take it off or not. Um, because I feel like criminal is probably just, I mean, yeah, I, I think most criminal players do run Desperado anyways. Um, occasionally you'll see some different things here or there, but usually when I play Krim, I just put Desperado in. Um, usually when I play against Krim, I just see Desperado. So I think this is going to help them in some ways. Um, and I, I expect Desperado to be prevalent, but... Um, the fact that, spoiler alert, the fact that Temujin is going on tier one, um, mm. it, it sort of creates a situation where criminal doesn't really lose out on their economy of package. They don't have to pay, uh, for, you know, both cards. And both of those cards are very central to how they get economy now. Um, so I, I think Temujin is by far stronger than, than Desperado, and it definitely needs to be on the list. When it comes on, Desperado almost certainly has to go off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like Desperado sort of needs to be on tier three or nothing, in my view. Like, if you really want to send the signal of nobody play Desperado uh, because we want people to play other consoles in Crim, then you've just sort of got to get rid of it properly. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such, but... it's such an efficient card. Like, I think if, if we really wanted to, like you said, get rid of it, it, it would have to be boosted up to other tiers but that would hurt criminal a lot and i i, I don't want to do that at all so um, yeah cool I, I think it's there you it's go just, you're, you're a benevolent person michael you just don't <laughs> want to have criminals that's that's <laughs> oh, no, i yeah. i love criminal they're just they're they've got a special place in my heart so <laughs> we won't uh take that out of context and play it on any news bulletins or anything yeah oh thank you um, thank you yeah <laughs> Uh, the, we might move straight on to Temujin there because you've already sort of foreshadowed it. And, um, for me certainly sits alongside Cypher as a card that when people do play it at the moment opposite me, I'm like, well, yeah, that's pretty much in every runner deck, isn't it? And, and it is almost at the point where if you, similar to Sensi as the Corp though, if you don't respond to it on turn one and ice up all three centrals, you get pretty far behind really yeah. early. Um, and now with Aaron making it harder to 24-7 closed accounts the crim in the mid-game, that sort of took away the only tool that I could ever come up with to, to deal with that Temujin economic advantage. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised to see it on Tier 3. Was it close to being on a higher tier, or were you happy to see this at Tier 1? It was actually... <laughs> uh, as I was putting together some of the lists that I had my playtesters make, and as I was reading some articles... Um, I, I sort of scaled out what the cards and sort of what people talked about. I, I assigned them number values based on the frequency that I, I, I saw the cards mentioned. Uh, mm. Temujin was one of those. It was like, it was on tier one, but not by a whole lot. A lot of people thought it should go to tier three. 
Um, if there's a reason to create a tier two, I it, down the line, I think Temujin would be the one to do it. Um, hmm. I could see where it could just be in tier two by itself, but uh, right now I'm putting it on tier one, um, mainly because I don't want to hurt criminal too much, and I just kind of want to see how it does there. It might be one of those that you still see around a lot, and I've said in the past that I'm going to take a look at the MWL relatively frequently every three to four months. So if it's still in a problem position down the line, then maybe we can move it up to another tier. But um, right now I kind of want to see, it's sort of an experiment, honestly. Temujin is, is sort of experimental at tier one. I want to see how it works out um, at this mm. level. The the other two cards, oh, Hollis, did you want to add anything on Temujin before we move on? Oh, no, no, continue. Yeah, um, the other two cards that have been added to Tier 1 are Mumbad City Hall and Bioethics Association, and, and they sort of go together, so we might discuss them together. Um, is this sort of a future-proofing of the metagame, now that there's been such a shake-up on the runner side, just making sure that we don't see the specter of prison decks coming back and getting too out of hand? Yeah, yeah, this was the... Two of these cards... Bioethics is... I... <laughs> I like Jinteki. I like dealing damage. I love the thousand cuts. When I first saw Bioethics, I was so excited for this card. Uh, and then after I played with it a few times, I was like, this thing is crazy. It's really, really strong. Um, I, I don't think it's as strong as Sensi, but I think it needs to be on some tier. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's caused a lot of problems here recently. So, uh, that one is, is sort of future proofing it in a way to, to keep prison down. And I think prison has just been too prevalent lately. Mumbad City Hall, honestly, that's not a card that I've played against a lot. Just the metas that I've played in, it hasn't come up. But some mm. people I've talked to have just, they dread that card. Uh, some of my testers were like, please, for the love of whatever, please put this on on the list. This needs to go on Tier 5 if you can. I wasn't about yeah, to do I'll that. Let you but... in. I'll let you in on a, another one from our, our good friend Wilfred. His, Sensi, he thinks, is the... Worst card in Netrunner, as in far too overpowered. Mumbad, I think, is second. He'll correct me if I'm wrong on the next episode. But I, I don't necessarily agree on that ordering of the top two, but I think Mumbad is certainly up there in my top five or six because it's just so damn efficient. Like, yeah. The fact that you it combos so well with Museum, you put a card back on the bottom and then, whoop, plop straight back out on board again for one click. That, that's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 extremely efficient, and it's not one that I was originally looking at. But the more I talk to testers, the more I realize that it's it's definitely one that needs to go on. So, um, I I it, this one's also slightly an experiment. I think bioethics is probably going to be okay at tier one. Mumbad, maybe bump it up. I don't know. I want to see how it does. Um, you know, mostly just because I am so inexperienced with that card. Just honestly, um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it does. And if it's still a problem, if people are still running into it a lot and, and uh, you know, are having all these negative experiences, then we can, it can always move up if it needs to. Cool, that's good to hear. Now, that brings us to the end of the changes to the MWL, and I guess brings us to the things that haven't changed, which is the, the cards that are still on there that already were. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 cards. And, and I'll, I'll read them out for our listeners' benefit. Um, it's Parasite, Breaking News, Clone Chip, Sand Sand City Grid, Cerberus, Lady H1, Yog, D- uh, NAPD Contract, David, Architect, Mumba Temple, and Wildside. 
Were there any of these that were close to joining or replacing Eli prepaid or Desperado as coming off? Uh, Wild Side was one that I debated for a while. Um, I ultimately decided that it's just because it's 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 so efficient when you have pancakes down. Like it's it's just such a good package. Um, that was when I was I I don't know I kind of bounced around. I'm like, should I just have 19 cards? Should I have 20? Ultimately decided on 20. Um, I was trying to make the list as small as possible, but it was <laughs> it was pretty hard to get below 20. So um, I think that's the only card that I really thought about thought about taking off aside from the other three. I think all the other cards, you know, they're they're still on the list because Architect. Actually Architect was one that came up a lot. Um actually uh Jeremy's Wern, I've talked to him a lot. The guy <laughs> whose face is on Architect. He really wanted he's like, please take that off. I wanted to come off. <laughs> Talking to other testers, everybody's like, it needs it to stay on. Architect's a great card. Um I could see where down the line Architect might come off in the future because I think as ice power levels pushed up a little bit Architect is going to be one of those that it's, it, you know, and it's also a great counter to Sifr, Um but most of my testers agree that it that it needed to be on there. Um, talking to other people, they, they agree that it needed to be on there, so uh, I left it on. I could see that one coming off in the future. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah, pretty much all the other cards, they're on there because they're just, they're good cards. In APD, I've had a lot of people talk to me about taking that one off. I'm still not sold on it needing to come off, but maybe I could be swayed down the line. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, yeah, I think NAPD is one that if the marker of the MWL working well is that it's not in every deck, but some decks that really want it will still take it, I think NAPD fits that perfectly. Oh yeah, completely. You know, there, there, no, I hate when I hit that, that card now because I'm never expecting it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's not common anymore, and then I and then I hit it with, like, three credits. It's like, oh, I should have known better. Like, I used to prepare for this, which is kind of an interesting gameplay ramification in that, like, players don't expect it, so in a way it becomes more powerful, and, but, you know, it's it's got the, the, the pip of influence. It's, yeah, I, I think, I totally agree there. I totally agree there. And, and I think it can stay on for a little while. Um, we'll see if other cards go on down the line, maybe. Yeah, I think for me it probably sits in that same boat as Architects that maybe if the pack catches up, if there are some other good agendas printed, maybe it's one that is more worthy of coming off as well. Um, are there any others that are still on the list that were close to being bumped up at the other end or may have made a Tier 2 if there was a Tier 2? Um, Actually, no. I, I, I think uh, David was one that I, I saw a couple people put it in their Tier 3, but by and large it, it pretty much was in in most of my testers tier one list um i think uh a parasite a couple people debated on whether you know parasite should be up there i think if parasite was on tier three then uh, yeah i think i think the fact that parasite's on tier one and cipher's on tier three is is more than enough um i think that combo it's still possible but it's going to be hard to pull off breaking news was one i saw people talking about possibly tier two I think breaking news is fine at tier one. It's a strong card, but the fact that uh, Aaron Marone is out, he he pretty much invalidates that. Um, yeah, he so, knows it pretty hard. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you don't have him in your deck for whatever reason, breaking news is still a strong card. So I didn't want to take that off and create any sort of negative situations there. Um, oh. No, I, I think pretty much all these were were pretty pretty uh, almost like 
cemented at, at tier one. I don't think there was anything that was too um, there was too much possibility of it moving up or down. But I do want to say that there is there's always possibility for things moving up or down. Like I, I definitely don't yeah. want people to think that you know they, these lists are set. There's I can always if if it's bad for the game, it'll it'll change its tiers. Awesome, Hollis. Did you want to chime in there? Well, I was going to say, I mentioned earlier that, you know, like I felt like uh, I told you, you know, don't ever apologize if <laughs> as 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 the you know, lead designer, if you think something is maybe not quite where you want it, um, that you want to take a card, even if it's not amazingly, uh, you know, like uh, beneficial for one particular side and putting on the most one list. I, I think that there's this weird we've hit the we've hit the point now where there's a weird stigma where FFG has a worry possibly where you know if a car gets like on the most wanted list or banned or whatever you want to call it um that people will, will lose interest they'll, they'll be unhappy with the change um but i feel like the people that are really interested into the tournament side of the game they really want to play the game competitively um any card you add to that list they'll just adapt they'll say okay this card is no longer really viable in this deck we look at other options we'll try to find the best fit and see if this deck is still viable in the in all these other options and i, I think that's actually even if it's just to to spice the meta up. Maybe you're seeing too much Kate or too much Anarch or too much, you know, whatever. Like, making small changes like that to the most wanted list as a means to say, all right, guys, we're trying to push the meta so that people challenge themselves to play something different. I actually think that's, I think that is fine. I don't think that's a necessarily negative thing, considering that this list, you know, with tiers means that you could change things in between each, uh, you know, major tournament, in between regionals, in between nationals and worlds. I think that's really, really entertaining. Um, it's also knowing that you guys have the insight that we don't as far as, you know, the cards that are coming out next. So if you think that, you know, the meta is going to be heavily dominated by a certain faction, you can say, let's get a handle on this before it gets out of control. XYZ cards out of Shaper or out of Anarch or Criminal are now on the tier three list because they're going to be a little too strong when cards come out in the next six months. Um, so I'm actually happy with that. I think that's totally fine. I would rather... I would always, I think the majority of players would rather have game balance versus this sort of invalidation of cards they purchased. I think has always been the mm. way. So. Sure. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, there's always, you know, a couple players that are going to be unhappy with having to change things up. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I would say 99% of the people I've talked to have have been happy to, to see the list and um, so, you know, to have things shift, that's sort of the point of a living card game. You want it to grow, you want it to expand, you want it to change, you want to be challenged. So, um, mm. you know, I, as the lead designer, sometimes I have to worry about that 1% that isn't happy about it. Actually, I was talking to one of my coworkers not too long ago. He really likes DDoS. And he's like, does DDoS <laughs> need to be on tier three? And I'm like, yes, it absolutely does. And he was very much trying to convince me to put it on tier one. Um, because he, he really enjoys that card. He has a lot of fun through that card. Um, and I don't want to take away his fun, but then it is, it's very much a balancing act. If I'm not, you know, in some ways altering his fun, then I, I might be leaving a situation that's not fun for a lot of other people. So it's, it's very much a, you know, it's, it's a balancing act. And, um, I think that most people will be happy with this list. I really, really do. Um, and I appreciate the the kind words, Hollis. But uh, there's always going to be, you know, the, that that handful of people that 
and have their favorite card that's on the list now, and they're just they're grumpy about it. So, and I apologize to those people if, if somebody sees their card on the list and they really don't like it. I'm sorry, but I I I very much think that this will help the game. Um, I'm really hoping it does at the very least. Well, I. I agree with you, and I think you've got two players here who are very happy with this list. Yep. And also, thank you so much for sitting down and explaining you know, your reasoning behind each one of these cards and why it is where it is. I think that's in itself a really helpful exercise for the players, as well as it's really gratifying for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people listening, to hear how much community feedback has impacted on the creation of this list that's a really heartening thing for, for a gaming community. People put a lot of time and effort into the game. They put their heart and soul into making decks and turning up to tournaments and really enjoying themselves uh, playing the game. And, and to know that when they make a stand and put their hand up and say, I think something should be changed, that you're actually listening, that's really awesome to hear. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. I mean, honestly, without that community feedback, without my testers, um, there's no way I would ever be able to put anything like this together. It, it very much comes from all that. It's just me collecting that data and putting it together. Um, I think uh, that 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 type of information is very central to, to all of my um, you know creative processes when it comes to Netrunner. And I, I very much want to make a game that that people by and large enjoy playing. The only way I can do that is seeing people do you know kind of that work on their own. And, and taking the information that they give me, taking the knowledge that they give me, and hopefully turning it into something that they enjoy. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that, that you like that. And I really hope other people like that too. Awesome. Uh, any final words from you, Michael, before we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I, you know, hopefully for the people that have, have told me that their, their metas are uh, dwindling or that, you know, they've felt stagnant, um, it's very... It was very much my intention to sort of switch things up and, and, you know, get things flowing again. I really hope the list does that. Um, I'm always open to, to criticism on it. I'm, you know, I'm always trying to pay attention to what people like and what people don't like, what they think is working, what they think is not working. So uh, this list is somewhat fluid. I don't want to, you know, just be bouncing cards up and down tiers every single, every single update, but... Um, I also don't think it's necessarily bad to have things moving every now and then. So, um, hopefully, you know, the, the player base enjoys this iteration. And, uh, as we move forward, we can sort of use the MWL to address problems and precisely do it instead of just a blanket solution. And, um, yeah, and I just really hope people like the list. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Michael. Uh, I've really enjoyed hearing your thoughts. This has been The Winning Agenda. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. If you want to check us out on Facebook, you can find us at The Winning Agenda. If you want to tweet us, you can tweet us at Winning Agenda. And if you want to th- throw a few dollars our way to show your support and uh, show that you enjoy the content that we produce, you can head along to www.patreon.com slash The Winning Agenda. And shout out to all our existing Patreon supporters. We love you very much. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys.